Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you. Speaker moguls. We create highly paid sought after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at speakermogulsgroup.com. Yep, that's speakermoguls with an S, group.com. Let's go get your money. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast, where we empower women to own their power, create influence and impact, and live life unapologetically AF. It's time to leverage your expertise, resources, and relationships to build your business, brand, and badassery. So just click subscribe and let's get it. I'm your host, Kelly Charles Collins. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have our guest, Danielle Julia Cuomo. So we're going to be talking about virtual assistants. And I know from being the founder and CEO of Ladies Who Leverage that um, getting a virtual assistant, hiring one, where to find them, how do you, what do you give them to do is a big topic amongst women in business. So we're going to be talking with Danielle about that today. But before we go um, right into that, I want to introduce you a little bit to her. She is owner of the business services firm, Virtual Assist USA, and it is an award-winning, she is an award-winning entrepreneur and author. Virtual Assist USA is an early disruptor and leading provider of virtual assistant services that help to keep thousands of companies on track, focused, and growing. And I love that growing part because that's the important part. Under her innovative leadership, Virtual Assist USA has continued to grow every year and is a top reviewed company in this space. Danielle is a seasoned professional with more than 13 years of experience starting, developing, and leading local and national businesses across a variety of growth industries. She is a graduate of the Pennsylvania State University, where she received her bachelor's degree and her master's degree in business administration. Danielle, welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Again, as I said to you, you know, this is a topic that comes up often when I'm talking to the women in Ladies Who Leverage about their businesses, this whole thing about having a virtual assistant. But before we get into the specifics of that, I want people to know a little bit more about you and how you came to this journey to even be in this space and this world of virtual assisting. Absolutely. So I started this business in 2008. And as you may recall, that was the start of the recession. And so the economy was, you know, really shaky. It was in many ways similar to to what's happening now in the in the business landscape. And um, I had got laid off from my position, they had outsourced our entire department um, overseas. And so I was 
really, you know, upset and distraught for like a day. And then I thought, you know, okay, I have to pick myself up and, um, and move forward from this. And so my aunt at the time, um, was a life coach, had a life coaching business. And she told me about her virtual assistant and I thought it sounded really neat. Uh, but I thought there were a few things that I thought to myself, well, I could do that better or a little bit faster, or maybe a little bit more efficiently. And, um, and I started it. And so 13 years later, here we are. It's interesting how our businesses sometimes just, and I guess this is not really a surprise, but our businesses come out of seeing something and knowing that we can either do it quicker, better, faster, however it is, right? We think that we can do a better job of doing that. So what was it that you saw that you thought, hmm, I could do that better? Yeah. So my um, aunt was working with a solo virtual assistant. And so the approach that I've taken and that my business has taken is to work with a team of virtual assistants. So being more of an all-inclusive service, being able to offer a broader range of services so that a client can come and it's like a one-stop shop for them. Yeah. And let's go back a little bit because we were saying virtual assistant and some people I don't think that there's like one general definition of a virtual assistant, but I do think that there is like an, an umbrella of what that entails. So let's start there. What actually is a virtual assistant? Well, a virtual assistant is an independent professional that you hire for your business, um, just like you would hire um, to work with an attorney for your business, an accountant, the CPA. And well, so we're not an employee of, of your business, but we're just a professional that you work with. And we work with clients that need some services, they need admin, they might need marketing, they might need web help, um, podcast help, but they don't have a need for a full-time employee. Um, maybe they just don't have enough hours to fill full-time. Uh, many people work from home these days and they don't have the, the space to bring in an employee. And so having a virtual assistant is an alternative to, to hiring a, a traditional employee. And what you just said, I think, um, is, is worth expanding on because you went through the different types of, of virtual assistants that they could do all kinds of different things. And sometimes I know like in the conversations that I've had with some of the women, they think about virtual assistants as the, you hire one and they do everything. So I want you to talk about that, Danielle, in terms of getting a virtual assistant, like you said, a team, because not everybody can do everything. Yes, exactly. So I think it's best for people to be working in what we call their genius zones. So for a virtual assistant, for example, if you're going to have a VA do your social media, you should have a VA doing your social media that only does social media, digital marketing, um, that space. You don't want them also um, dabbling in bookkeeping, for example, um, paralegal work. You know, there's, um, it just wouldn't... Um, you know, lend itself to that VA being an expert in that area, being able to say on top of the best practices, um, you know, being able to, to really add value in that space. So I always encourage people to, when you are working with a virtual assistant, um, if you have multiple needs, think about working with, with multiple virtual assistants so that you can get those areas of specialization. Now, I think that probably just scared a lot of people. <laughs> You just probably scared a whole bunch of folks talking about, oh, go get a team. I don't even know to get one person or think I can afford to get one person. And Danielle is now saying to me, I need to get a team of people. So let's talk about that because I think that's a real um, 
sticking point for people is what does a virtual assistant cost and how, how can I afford that? I'm starting out. How can I even afford to have one virtual assistant, much less a team of virtual assistants? Mm -hmm. So when you're working with a team of VAs, so just to use an example here, if you're doing um, social media and then you also need a VA for some admin, some research, and then a VA for your bookkeeping, it's not the same as hiring three full-time or even part-time employees. Something like um, your social media might just be five hours a month. Um, you know, so you're looking at a, an hour a week, basically. Um, so when you think of it like that, it's not as overwhelming. Um, in terms of cost, if you're looking at a US-based virtual assistant, mostly in the range of 30 to 40 an hour, um, most companies kind of fall in the, in the middle there. And that is an all-inclusive rate. So you're not paying for um, work, workers' compensation. You're not paying for insurance, any type of benefits, um, vacation days, holidays, anything like that. Um, it's just an all-inclusive rate that you're paying. And it, and it does help to also control your budget a little bit. So with most companies, you can say something like, I have $150 I want to spend this month on social media, or I have you know $200 that I want to spend on market research for my competitors. And you can sort of work backwards that way. And so it doesn't have to be so financially overwhelming. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I didn't know that you could actually tell them, um, you know, how much I've seen different companies where they say, you know, they have packages for this number of hours. And you brought up something in terms of US based versus we know that there are a lot of um, virtual assistant companies that are based out of the Philippines. Yeah. What, um, what's the difference? And then tell our audience, what are the pros and cons? Because I think people, you know, need to make a decision on whether they want to use somebody who is U.S. based or, you know, if they're going to use somebody out of like the Philippines or some other country. Yes. Yeah. So there's the Philippines. Um, India is another um, area that has a lot of outsourcing, offshoring. So the biggest difference that you'll see there is price. So when you're offshoring, um, you'll see rates five to ten dollars an hour which obviously is something that, you know, you wouldn't see here in the States um, because that would be below our minimum wage even. Um, and of course, you know, you're looking for, for a specialist, so at a higher level. So that's really the biggest difference. And of course, the biggest advantage to using offshore, offshore VAs. Um, the disadvantages to that are the security confidentiality in terms of being bound by the, the U.S. laws that we have here, as well as sometimes communication. So if someone's in a time zone that is 12 hours difference than you are, um, that can create a big backlog and bottleneck in your work. Um, it might take longer to get things done because there's a lot of gaps in, in the back and forth communication. Those are really the two um, biggest disadvantages. But I will sometimes get clients who will say, you know, I have this really large um, data entry project and it's pretty basic. Um, I don't want to pay $35 an hour for it. Like, should I offshore? And so if it's something like that, it's not sensitive information. Um, it's pretty basic. I would say, you know, offshore that for a couple hundred bucks and then save your budget to work with a US-based VA on something that's more strategic, that requires a higher level skill set, um, that requires more communication, that sort of thing. And when we're um, looking at hiring our VAs, what are the things that um, we need to look for um, in hiring VAs? What are some of the skill sets or maybe some of the questions that we need to be asking? 
by, by and large, the biggest thing to look for is a personality match. So if you have five VAs, for example, they could all across the board, each of them could have 10 years of experience in admin roles. They could each have a bachelor's degree. Um, they could each specialize you know, in certain platforms. But really, because this is such an intimate, close relationship with your VA, um, your VA is becoming like your right-hand person, ideally. It has to be a good personality match. So I think take the time to meet with your VA, your potential VA over video if you can. Um, take the time to just get to know them, get to know their working style and see if that's a match for yours. Um, you don't necessarily want someone that is the same working style as you, but someone that has a complementary working style. So, um, for example, lots of entrepreneurs I know are big picture thinkers. Um, they're always, you know, one step ahead um, of themselves. And maybe they're not so great at the little nitty gritty details. If that's you, it would it would make sense for you to have a virtual assistant that's you know super detail oriented that doesn't miss a beat in that in that regard and you would complement each other well. So by and large I think the biggest thing you want to look for is a personality match. But on the practical side, um, what you want to look for with your VA is that you want to make sure that they um, are transparent with their records so that you're receiving regular, if it's daily or weekly, whatever cadence you decide on, time reports so that you know how much time is being spent on your account, what's being spent on it. Um, of course, you're going with the standard things like background check and non-disclosure agreement. And then another thing that, um, that you'd want to look at when hiring either a VA or a company with their billing is um, how they do their hours. So you had mentioned you'll see a lot of VAs that will do packages. Um, that's sort of a common way to do pricing nowadays, but um, some companies will have those packages never expire and you can use the hours whenever. Others, they will expire after 30 days or maybe after 90 days. So that's something to get really clear on too, um, especially if it's your first time hiring a VA. Yeah, I think that that is a really good um, pointer for people to look at because you know, if you don't use the hours, like you said, if you have a small project and then you don't use the hours, then you're wasting, you know, your money. And I want to go back to something that you were just talking about in terms of security background checks uh, for a company like yours. When if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I want a VA, what are the things that you do in terms of screening, background checks, interviewing, do you do any of that kind of legwork or is that something that the person who's hiring the VA actually has to do? Well, the way that we do it in my company is that we already do that legwork. So the VAs are my full-time employees. They've already um, worked with me for a period of time and I've gone through their background checks, their reference checks, um, skills assessments, all of that sort of thing. So that's kind of one of the advantages to working with a company. Typically, that's all taken care of for you. But if you are working with just a solo virtual assistant, a, you know, one person, and you're not working with a team or a company of virtual assistants, those are things that you would want to take care of at the outset. Yeah, I think that's an advantage in working with a company to have, you know, someone who who takes care of that, because there are many entrepreneurs who have no idea <laughs> what they would need to do in terms of, you know, really having a background check. And as you said, when you're talking about some of the information, depending on what you have them doing, right, it could be your financial information, it could be client information, you want to make sure that that person can be trusted. 
<laughs> right? And that's that person. <laughs> yes. And, and I would also say, um, I mentioned just briefly, but the skills assessment. So that's important too. There's tons of options to do this online. It's, um, you know, again, if you're hiring an individual person, it's really cheap, but it's definitely worth it. Um, if someone, if I were to say, I'm an expert in Excel, um, you had, you know, that could mean expert can mean different things to different people. And so there are standardized skills assessments for potential VAs to take online, um, you know, 15, 30 minutes, not a huge chunk of time where you can actually evaluate um, their skills against other people and make sure that if someone is saying, I'm an expert at this, I'm an expert at this, I'm intermediate at this, that, that they really are. <laughs> If they actually are not like me with Excel, I can, I can yeah. look at it, I can do, you know, I can work my way around it, but I am not an expert in Excel. Um, when we're talking about, okay, so we, if we decide that we want a VA, right, because many of us hear that we need to have an admin, you at least need to have an admin, and we say, okay, we want a VA, what um, tips would you give to really looking at the work that you're doing so that you know what work to delegate. And I guess um, to your point of having a, you know, a team of people doing different things, who is the right person to do that type of work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone, if I'm working with someone for the first time that has never worked with a VA or even had an admin support person at all. So they're new to delegating. They know they need to, but they just don't know where to start. We usually do an exercise together. I'll have them take three days or so, um, and literally write down, keep it a journal of every task that they're doing for the day. And it can be as um, simple as I'm managing my email, I'm checking my voicemail, I'm putting together a quote for this prospective client, you know, whatever those things are. And then we'll look at that at the end of that period, three-day period, and we'll put everything into three buckets. So the first bucket is something that can be automated. So there's lots of different platforms out here um, these days that can automate things like um, submitting quotes, doing invoices, that sort of thing. So that's the first thing that I'll look at. What can we just immediately take off your plate with an automation? And then we'll look at, you know, what can a VA do for me? And from the, there, we'll talk about, okay, the VA can do this, you know, manage your email. They can check the voicemail. They can do these things. And then we're left with the tasks that only you can do yourself. And so sometimes there's a little bit of, you know, push pull. People won't want to let go of so many things. And you've probably worked with so many women entrepreneurs that are like that. Hey. <laughs> I totally get it. And, <laughs> and so sometimes I have to pull it out of them a little bit, but, um, but really, you know, what it comes down to is, do you need to be doing all these tasks? Um, so certainly, you are capable of checking your own voicemail, but is that the best use of your time? No. So as that as an example. Yeah, I had to do that same thing, Danielle, because I found myself um, doing all of these tasks and I had to sit down one day and I just said to myself, what are you doing? Like, what are you really doing? Because you end up doing all of these tasks and you realize that though there are things that need to get done, they're not the things that are taking you even that much closer to the goal, right? To the vision. Absolutely. And so I did that. I sat down and I, you know, I started to just write down, cause I had that same thing. Like, what am I going to, I don't have enough work to give to another person. Like, you know, mm -hmm. what am I going to do with that? 
And I sat down and I, you know, started to write that. And you'll be surprised when you do that exercise at the things that you're doing every day that you don't even realize, right? That you're doing that somebody else should really be doing. Yeah, that are that can be major time sucks. Um, I use the analogy often that, you know, if you're right-handed and you are writing something, handwriting something with your left hand, you can do it, um, but it might look sloppy. It's not going to be as nice as if you wrote it with your right hand. And it's really a simplified explanation, but it's a good analogy for thinking about, you know, even though I can do this, should I be doing this? Can somebody else do this better or faster or cheaper, you know, more efficiently than I can? And that's really the question that you want to ask. Yeah. And for those who are thinking, yeah, this sounds really great, Danielle and Kelly, but um, I, you know, I just can't, I can't see my way through um, paying the money and them thinking of it as so much of an expense in their business. What would you say to help them overcome that fear and, and realizing that it really isn't, it is an expense in terms of your outlaying money, but that it's really an investment that will help you to move forward faster. Yeah. So it is an expense, you know, it's going to be a line item in your budget as something, you know, you're going to pay every month or so. But that being said, the idea is that you're working with a virtual assistant that's going to free up your time to grow your business in other ways. So Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to um, do more strategic planning, do more vision casting, spend more time on prospective clients, um, you know, looking at different opportunities for growth for yourself, for your company, and really what that will give you back. So it's not so much thinking about, um, okay, I'm paying someone $35 to do a month of my social media content. No, it's more of now I have this time free to call on old clients and see what they're up to and see if we can rekindle, you know, some sort of relationship. So that's a something to think about too. Yeah. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about your business and setting up your business and how you got into that. So I know that you said, you know, I saw what my aunt was doing and I knew that I could do it better, but what was your, um, talk about the journey into entrepreneurship and, you know, was it a rocky road? Was it smooth? Tell us a little bit about that. It was super rocky. I think um, I was, um, you know, had just been laid off from my from my job, and so I, again, I was feeling really scattered and um, just disappointed, and kind of wondering, you know, where can I go from here? And so it wasn't um, the happy. I've always had this dream to have this business, and now I'm finally doing it. It was more of a survival thing for me. Like, okay, I need to make money now, and so. For me, that was a bit of a rocky start. And I knew also that I had to, it had to work. I had to make money. Um, You know, I had to generate revenue because I had to pay my bills. And so it was a different mindset for me, but I think that that um, really helped me grind it out in the beginning. And I know for me in the beginning, I was working, you know, around the clock. I felt like it was all I was doing was um, was working on my business. And now I don't have to, you know, do that as, as much. Um, and I have more of a relaxed schedule now. But, you know, that time was, a, you know, an uphill climb. But the end has been been absolutely worth it for me. Yeah. And what kept you going? So in those times where it was rocky, what is it that kept you going saying, you know, I have to get this done. I have to make this work. Yeah. 
for me, I knew that I didn't want to go back to having a corporate job. So I knew that I, even if I had bad days, um, maybe if I lost a client or I didn't get a deal or like one of my key employees left or something like that, I still knew that even though I was having a bad day, I still did not want to go back to that old sort of nine to five model. I didn't want to be limited in my income earning potential. I didn't want to be limited in my time like that. And so just keeping that end goal as being an entrepreneur in mind is, is what kept me going. Yeah. It's a whole saying, right? Begin with the end in mind and it will keep you to move towards, towards it because there's always that thing that's out there that, you know, keeps you motivated and keeps you moving. And obviously the, the podcast name is ladies who leverage podcast. And the, my women's community is called ladies who leverage. So I'm always talking about leverage. So how did you um, leverage either expertise, resources, or relationships? And how do you still do that, you know, in terms of making sure that your business continues to grow and thrive? Mm -hmm. Well, we were talking about, you know, not being an expert at everything and working in your genius zone. And that's something that for me, I do the same thing. So I am not an expert in, in everything. And so I've been able to hire people on my team who are. Um, you can hire people that are smarter than you in those areas, hire people that know more than you in those areas. So I was able to leverage the expertise of my team members and you know, benefit from their expertise while I'm just focusing on what I know I'm really good at, what, you know, what I can focus on and how I can grow the business that way. Yeah. It's, it's funny how <laughs> releasing some of that really does give you a sense of relief when you think, you know, for those of us who are controllers and <laughs> want to do everything and you're like, no, I'm the best at this. Right. It's so amazing how once you release it, and really release it, how freeing that is, right? So for I have um, Becca who helps me with the community and ladies who leverage. And in the beginning, I was doing all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I said, no, I'm going to turn this over to you. And, you know, gave her more and more. And now I just find myself like, oh, you know, it's so freeing that Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to check in to see, <laughs> to see if everything is getting done. But I have just released that and, and, you know, let her take that on because it just it frees your space and your mind to be able to, to do things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So when we're talking about um, in, in that vein, talking about releasing, right, what it is that you're doing, how um, how best can you help? So if you hire a VA, what are some of the trip, the tips and strategies to actually teaching them what it is that you're doing? Because now, you know, you've been doing it and you want now them to do it. So what are some of the things that you would say are best practices in terms of transferring that knowledge to your new VA? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple things here. Um, the first one is communication. And so even though most clients who hire a virtual assistant are going to be very busy entrepreneurs. Um, and I know it's hard to find the time in the calendar to do this, but it is important to have a regular cadence of a meeting with your VA where you're just syncing up. Um, it, generally, I say once a week, but it can you know vary depending on the situation. But if you can just have a quick touch base with that VA, you know, once a week on the phone. So this is separate from your just day-to-day -day emails back and forth. 
where you can really um, communicate with your VA, talk about what's going good, talk about what needs improving upon. Um, any good virtual assistant is going to want to hear that criticism and feedback so that they can improve upon their relationship and their work with you. So I know it's difficult to give someone feedback, especially if it feels negative, but that's super important and a professional virtual assistant, you know, is going to, is going to want that. Yeah. Second thing. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the second thing is being open. And so we were talking about, you know, being like the controller type personality and I'm the same way. So I absolutely get this. Um, but it's about being open. So if a virtual assistant says to you, I know that you've been doing it this way, but there's this platform that you can use to automate it. And I think it'll save you like five hours a month or something like that. Um, it's really important to try not to be stuck in your ways and saying, no, this is the way I always have done it because you have someone that has a fresh perspective and they're doing this work every day. And, you know, maybe they do know something that they can get it done a little faster, more efficiently for you. So I think being open to that as well is really important. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, Cause we, we do things the way we know how to do them. And then somebody comes in. It's one of the things that I ask when I interview um, when I've been interviewing um, virtual assistants mm -hmm. is, you know, how comfortable would you be in telling me that you see something that I could be doing better or faster or however it is? Um, because I want somebody who's going to be a free thinking human being and who, you know, will say to me, that's not the best, <laughs> the best use yeah. of your time, or, you know, maybe this, you know, maybe we could do it differently. So um, I gl I'm glad that you, you brought that up. And so for those who, um, who would like to learn more about you and learn more about your virtual assistant services, how can they contact you? Well, they can contact me directly through the website. It's virtualassistusa.com. And I answer all of those inquiries personally. So if they had you know, any further questions or just wanted to say hi, I would be happy to hear from them. Awesome. Well, Danielle, I'm so glad that you were on the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. This was really valuable information. And everyone, make sure that you contact Danielle. Her information will be in the show notes. This is a really important um, thing for us to do, right? To delegate our tasks, to have someone who can help us. And as Danielle said, have somebody who is like your right hand to help you so that you can do the business of your business and work on your business, as opposed to some of the day-to-day -day tasks of working in your business. Cause that's what a true CEO does is work on their business. So thank you all so much for tuning in to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Remember to subscribe to rate us, to review us, and to share us with your network. We are so excited that we have our second season going on right now. And, you know, we're going to have so many more awesome women who are coming on here. And yes, it's mostly going to be women who are on here because I want to talk about our journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly to ensure that we as business women can thrive. So again, thank you so much for joining into the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. And if you're an entrepreneur, a side hustler, or an aspiring entrepreneur, and you are looking for a tribe of women who will inspire you, motivate you, support you, and hold you accountable, I invite you to join us in the Ladies Who Leverage community. And we are on Facebook. We're over a thousand women strong. And listen, those women are total badasses. So you want to be there with us in our global community. Again, thank you so much and continue to subscribe and share this podcast. 
Thanks for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Lady Lawyer Media. If you're a badass woman who's ready to take action to live life unapologetically AF, then you need to join our global community on Facebook, Ladies Who Leverage. And remember to subscribe to our podcast. And until next time, let's collabosource, strategize, and monetize. Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you. Speaker moguls. We create highly paid sought after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at speakermogulsgroup.com. Yep, that's speakermoguls with an S group.com. Let's go get your money.